We are. We're definitely going to have to have a blooper reel. Okay, let's try it one more time. Welcome to the Bi Liberation podcast series. We will be exploring bi life and experiences, good and bad, with your hosts, Jen Yockney, MBE. Hello. And myself, Katie Morris. In this episode, we will be discussing Bi Visibility Day. Held on the 23rd of September of each year, this international event has been running for 21 years, celebrating all things bi. Yeah, so Bi Visibility Day. Um, started, as we say, this is a little bit of maths because this is 20 years since it started, but it's the 21st by Visibility Day because you actually start counting way back in 1999, the first time that it happened, which is 20 years ago, but there you start counting at one. So by the time you get to the second year, that's 2000, you're on two. The third year, you're on 2001, you're on three. And then if you notice that that's two more than the end number of the year, 2001 was the third. So we're on 2019 now. So that's the 21st year that it's happened, not the 20th, even though it's the 20th anniversary. But it started out as very much a a celebration for the community that was a little bit inward looking, maybe, that as bisexual activists, as volunteers in those days, you were running a group and you kind of felt like you were on a treadmill that all of the time you were complaining to the local lesbian and gay events or organisations that they would never mention the existence of bisexuals, they didn't talk about bisexuality, that they saw us maybe as people to remember when they were putting out a plea for funds, but otherwise not to act on, on our issues. And so we were always going and bisexual at people about things. And for people who were coming along getting support from organisations, we were always seeing the same there's nothing out there I'm not recognised. I've gone to gay spaces and felt excluded from them and so on. And that's important work. And I'm not saying that that was things that we shouldn't have been doing. That was exactly what, with the resources bisexual activists, volunteers had in those days, exactly what needed to happen. It's kind of the, the first line, sort of like being the first aiders who turn up at the, the first sight of something that's gone wrong for you and patch you up with a bandage. But you need more than that if you're going to, in this case, remove biphobia and this slightly dodgy analogy that I've come up with. To go from sort of surviving to thriving essentially. Totally, totally. So the idea was that, and in those days it was actually originally called International Celebrate Bisexuality Day, which is quite a mouthful. I've been on radio where I've done interviews about International Celebrate Bisexuality Day and if you've ever said a sentence that unfortunately because you construct a long and wieldy sentence it's got that name in it three times, it's a really long sentence with a lot of syllables. Yes, I'm not even going to attempt to say it now because I think I'll trip over it. (laughs) Indeedy. Um, But that name really captures, encapsulates what it was about in those days, that it was turning around and saying, let's take a pause, let's take a breather, let's celebrate for ourselves, still being bisexual in a world that wants you to be gay or straight, doing these things, being there for people, creating the little pockets of bisexual space, and kind of, you know, resistance to biphobia from the gay world and the straight world alike, that bisexual volunteering and organising was doing back in those days. So it wasn't about... Uh, going and doing education with mainstream organisations or schools. It wasn't about we will organise necessarily a big pride march and be seen and visible across the the town centre of wherever you are. It was about saying, we've been doing this, we're still doing this. People said that it was just a phase and we would go away. And after, I mean, this is 1999, and for example, the first bisexual group in Britain in modern times was the London Bisexual Group that started in 1981. They were still going at that point. They closed down a couple of years later. But they've been doing this for 18 years, and that kind of flips the it's just a phase cliche on its head. So that was that was it then. And it's kind of mutated and evolved over the years since. Um, in particular, we've had this thing, you know, as bisexuals, we're always told to pick a team. Really, you must 
either be gay or straight, really. You should just own up to which one you are and stick to it because you're so terribly indecisive. And so for our... This is kind of like our Hallmark holiday, I always think. You know, there ought to be cards for it in the aisle in the, in the local supermarket. By Visibility Day, as we've come to call it, but we've also over the years called it International Celebrate Bisexuality Day, Celebrate Bisexuality Day, Bisexuality Day, Bi Day, Bisexual Pride. So many, you know, I mean, for the, the people who were accused of being indecisive and a, unable to make their minds up and pick a team, we really have to just taken the stereotype and run with it on this. But it kind of, the name evolution for us here in the UK. The name change kind of happens about 10 years in, about 2008 or so, where a lot of people wanted to use International Celebrate Bisexuality Day as the only thing in the calendar that you could turn around to an LGBT organisation and say, hi guys, we want you to do something about bisexuals and you ought to do it because, well, it'd be nice if you did something, wouldn't it? International Celebrate Bisexuality Day gave you an excuse. You ought to do it on September the 23rd because there's a bisexual holiday that day. I mean, later we've come to regret that a little bit because so many organisations do things on September the 23rd and don't seem to touch us the rest of the year because it's as though they've, they've ticked that box. But where we wanted organisations to do those things, um, it was then a case of saying, we want you to celebrate bisexuality. If an organisation was maybe like a lesbian and gay organisation that had become LGBT, it was sometimes it was difficult to persuade them to do things because you turn around to someone and say, you've only got lesbians and gays you think, amongst your volunteer pool, amongst your staff, you ought to do something about bisexuality. You need people to celebrate their bisexuality. And people could be a little bit, well, we don't have any bisexuals to do the celebrating. Yeah. And you can feel awkward with yes. that. And that's, I can understand how people are having that logical flow about it as a, as a feeling. And therefore, we'd like our organisation to recognise bisexuality, but we don't think this quite works. And shifting the branding to being about bisexual visibility, you know, you can celebrate and promote the visibility of your bisexual friends, partners, allies, siblings, whatever, without necessarily being bisexual yourself. And so maybe feel a little bit more that you can take part, or that your organisation can champion by visibility and say it ought to be okay to be out in our workplace, out in our LGBT organisation, out in our town as bisexual, and we will be there and support you in a way that wasn't perhaps quite so much the case with the old branding. Yeah. That kind of happened more in Europe first, though, as a result, because that very much that started in Britain in my understanding of it my perception of it um so for a little while there it's not quite so clear these days but for quite a while you could spot ah this thing that's happening for september 23rd is it happening in europe or is it happening in america and if it still said international celebrate bisexuality day on it that was totally in america yeah and europe i mean i wonder also and i genuinely my the languages i speak are english and welsh i'm rubbish at the rest of europe you know i'm i'm all about those islands off the coast of the mainland, not about mainland Europe languages, I'm afraid. But I wonder whether there's something in there perhaps also about how it translates into other languages, because I guess part of having a multitude of names, once you turn around to, you know, Europe with its host of many, many languages across the continent, um, that that might be something that also affects which ways people have, have lent. So listeners who are fluent speakers of European languages or bisexual activists there, do feed back to the podcast and tweet back at us or whatever and let, let me know because I'm curious. Yes, I'd love to know that as well. So that's that's how it came about. And it was it was September the 23rd purely because it was invented by three American bisexual activists. They'd spent quite a bit of time trying to work out, okay, we want a day, we want a, a thing that we can kind of like get people to champion bisexuality from from the sides of kind of thing. And they picked September because 
Freddie Mercury. Yes. The legend. The legend. The gay unless you're paying attention legend Freddie Mercury. Um, Bisexual article. Exactly. Um, He was born in September. However, they wanted to pick a weekend date, so they didn't actually go for his birthday. This is the (laughs) wonderful thing. If you invent your own holiday, you're sitting at home and you're thinking, we should invent omnisexual Pride Day as a separate thing. You you can pick a a date that works well this year. (laughs) Um, And of course, because it was September the 23rd that they picked, you know, that's not, it's not calling it, say, the first Sunday in September or something like that. So since then, it has been every day of the week several times. So if you're a big fan of Saturday or a big fan of Wednesday, it's it's come round and it's been the day of the week that you happen to most love. Um, over here in the UK, as an activist, I've always found September the 23rd a difficult date. Um, it's right in the middle of the start of the university season for us. Yep. And that can be really awkward because you're trying to do outreach work to students, but are they going to be there is it the middle of Freshers' Week, which is what we call the first week in university, when students are just working out where their bedroom is and where the lectures are meant to be and haven't really learned where the rest of yeah. things are? Is it a couple of days before they arrive at university so you don't have it as an excuse to hang things off? Also, if it's in the middle of Freshers' Week, there's usually lots of things going on, yeah. lots of stuff to distract them. So, But, you know, it's a date, and every date that you pick has its, its problems and its benefits. It's kind of very nearly the equinox as well, which I always thought might have been part of why they chose it. Apparently not. But that sense of being, because the autumn equinox in the Northern Hemisphere, half the day in darkness, half the day in light, that felt a very symbolic thing. Yeah. Turns out to just be a coincidence, and I was just projecting <laughs> good ideas onto a perfectly... <laughs> Retrofitting the <Yeah>. idea. <laughs> Explain it. It's Annie DeFranco's birthday. Annie DeFranco was a very popular folk singer with bisexuals, an out bisexual singer, back in the 90s when all of this happened. Was it because it was Annie DeFranco's birthday? No, apparently not. No. Okay. <laughs> But anyway, so yes, so that's the the story of it and how we've kind of come a little bit to to calling it Bi-Visibility Day these days where historically it had a different name. And so if you're sitting on Google, other search engines are available and looking for old content, there are many names that you need to to look up for for this in order to find old things over time. Or you can just go to bivisibilityday.com, which is a website that tries to list all the events around the world each year. And so regardless of what they've called themselves, you've got a decent chance of finding things that went on in the past in your part of the world on there. What a fantastic resource. That's a fantastic thing to have, and I would highly encourage people to go and have a look at it. Especially not on September the 23rd. Every year on September the 23rd, the server collapses there. <laughs> With the best will and intention, suddenly it becomes a really high-trending thing, and the website, I almost consider it, you know, it's a, mar- a sign of how good, of how successful an event it's been, because each year the people who run it have increased the amount of server power they have behind it and each year no matter how much they throw at it the server goes ah, i can't cope it falls over. <laughs> a couple of times during the day it falls over and has to be reset that's a sign of success yes so um yeah katie you've been speaking of that website you've been taking a look at some of the things that have happened over the years so yeah tell me that tell me the, the story and episodes of by visibility days like so by visibility day has sort of grown ex- exponentially over the last sort of 10 years or so and i've been going back and having a look and it seems to really have sort of 
kicked off and got a lot bigger. Sort of the first real sort of sign that it was getting bigger was perhaps in 2010, um, where we had our first event in Cardiff, where you had the local authority involved. The council supported a day of workshops and policy influencing at the county hall, and um, which is the first time we ever have a local authority getting involved in, in and actively promoting specifically bisexual sort of orientated events and policy making. So that's a really interesting thing. We've got um, stuff going on in the same year in Bristol. Um, there's a, the launch of a controversially named by Club Night called Greedy, a name that obviously carries on the long tradition of reclaiming language Echoing nights such as Flesh up in Manchester at the Hacienda and so forth. Um, you also have in the same year the first critical sexology up north academic conference, which was held on um, the 23rd of September and included specifically bisexual speakers. So you're beginning to see things sort of happening both in the academic world and in you know in government and so on and so forth, and that's where you're beginning to see things move on. And this continues sort of you know and begins to develop in 2012. We start seeing sort of more events springing up across the globe and not just in the UK and America, we have our first events in Denmark and France and Germany. Germany has its own bisexual camp, which I think is rather fantastic. And, you know, things are beginning to develop and move on. And as we see things go on through the, you know, through the, the noughties period and so on and so forth, you're seeing a lot of stuff happening. I've been looking at some of the events we have in 2013, the mayor of Washington issues a special proclamation in, um, in support of bisexual people, which is amazing. I'm not entirely sure what that is. I don't know if that means we can go around and be bisexual sexual in Washington for the day and have the keys to the city. I think that's, or... that's the visibility thing, is we can finally see them, so we can give them the keys to the city. We don't know where they were the other 364 days of the year. So on the 23rd of September, we know where they are, thank God. <laughs> and also, we know where our keys have gone. <laughs> in that same year, actually, the White House holds its first meeting on bisexual issues, um, wow. you know, which is... I mean, that's a massive thing, you know, no matter what we may think of sort of America and its standing today with its current president, you know, the one thing we can say about the Obama years is that, you know, that it was the first time where we're really seeing a real broad spectrum of groups being brought into, you know, discussions of White House policy, not, you know, not just bisexuals, but in this case, bisexuals. And, it, you know, I don't know if we would want Trump to recognise us. I, I can imagine what... Donald Trump might tweet as a message of support for bisexuals on Biodisability Day, and it could set the cause back 10 years, couldn't it? It really could. So, you know, it's definitely interesting to see that. And we had a similar thing happening in the UK. We're getting a national government recognition because in the same year we have a, a, you know, a message put out of support for the day by a minister of the... You know, a ministerial message from the UK government. I think that was Jo Swinson. Was she the um, Minister for Equalities at that point? She became Minister for Equalities there during the coalition. Conservative Lib Dem coalition government. So, yes, Jo Swinson currently polling at 17% for Britain's next Prime Minister. So, supporting the bisexuals turns out not to damage your career as much as maybe it did in days gone by. <laughs> in the same year, we're also seeing stuff happening internationally outside of Europe. We've got um, our first Bi Pride event in Tel Aviv in Israel. Mexico holds a series of events in Guadalajara, I think that is, I don't know. But in, in Mexico, Spain holds a street action day. Norway launches a bisexual group. So things are really beginning to sort of spread around the world absolutely and also then i think with norway one and um, a few moments ago you were saying about the the nightclub launching in bristol in 2011 and i think it's one of those things where people use september the 23rd as, as an excuse and almost a deadline if you're meaning to do something and you're definitely gonna yeah one of these days i'm gonna get around to launching a bisexual group one of these days i'm gonna we're gonna have a club night and it's gonna start or we're gonna do this film screening or pub 
publish this resource or whatever. It's given people kind of a, a, a peg to hang it off. Yeah. And thereby also a sense of focus on, okay, we're going to try and have it done by this date that maybe makes things happen a little bit a little bit sooner. Acts as a catalyst almost for people to, you know, take their ideas out of their mind and turn them into something, you know, real and tangible in the world. Absolutely. And for your press releases, gives you an extra line to explain why you're doing this thing, because it's part of celebrating International Celebrate Bisexuality Day. It's See what I mean about it being a really long name? <laughs> it's part, especially when you say celebrating it beforehand, which was backing myself into a terrible corner there. <laughs> um, but, you know, marking by Visibility Day in our city, this thing is happening, gives people an extra little thing to sell it to journalists on. That extra bit of pizzazz, essentially. Yeah. Uh, so where are we? We're up to about 2014. We are, and we're starting to see... Events springing up all over the world. We have events in Brazil that year, Croatia, Serbia. In the USA, there's a launch of a book called Recognise the Voices of Bisexual Men. In 2015, in Australia, there's a Radio Orange uh, holds a show about bisexuality. Uh, that was Austria, not Australia. Yes, it, it was. It was. Yeah, I mean, that I love... Radio is actually something we haven't talked about, and that's one of the things that I've seen as a handy tip if people are going, I want to do something for my visibility day, but I can't think what on earth to do because there's only me and I don't know any other bisexuals. And maybe, you know, I don't live in a big thriving metropolis where there are 78 local LGBT groups that I could engage with in this. And one of the things that people have done is to just find a radio station in your area that does a request show and phone in and ask for a tune by a bisexual singer. So phone up and go, can you play this song by Miley Cyrus or Freddie Mercury, Annie DeFranco, whoever it might be, and say, because it's my visibility day, so can you play this song by this bisexual artist? And particularly if you manage to get through and be on air when you're saying it, fantastic. Reaches out to a whole load of people who are busy you know, doing the washing up, whatever it might be, um, with the, the awareness that this thing is there, so you're doing your proud little bisexual activist part to raise the profile of bisexuality um and you know if you're phoning in you can do it under a false name you don't need to be out to anybody except yourself and you know just pick a reasonably plausible name don't ring up and claim to be madonna <laughs> and and you'll be fine um and it's a little easy win that you could do wherever in the world you are pretty much that's a proper life activism hack that <laughs> i'm loving it so we're talking a little bit about the history. We, we've got up to 2015. We've got the phone-in event in Austria. In 2015, we get our first by Pride March in Paris. They do love taking to the streets. They it's do. It's beautiful. You see the photos. Because that flips the whole thing of bisexuals turning up on a Pride March, I feel. Yeah? Yes. And let's, definitely... let's get the other groups to come to us rather than us go to them. So put your money where your mouth is. You say you're bisexually inclusive. We're having a party. Are you showing up? That's the one. That's what we need to be doing. We need to be... Getting the Mohammed to come to the mountain or the mountain to go to Mohammed. I can never remember which way around it is, but we should certainly get things to move. One of those, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so there we are. We're at 20, 2015, Paris is taken to the streets. In 2016, um, the bisexual flag gets flown around the UK on institutions for the first time. So it's flown on Bolton Museum, Wakefield Town Hall, Brighton Town Hall. The University of Manchester flies the flag. West Yorkshire Police Headquarters flies the flag. It's all over the show. It's being put up by all sorts of different organisations and institutions. We finally feel like we might be arriving in the mainstream landscape. 
and it's pretty amazing that and i think that's also one of those things with the idea about it being visibility rather than you have to be bisexual to be allowed to celebrate it because i think some of those organizations flying the flag may not have had out bisexual people in senior positions or on their maybe you know the bisexual spot always sits empty on their lgbt staff network but the rest of them know they can do this thing that will be symbolic and send out a message to the hidden bisexuals both you know within the the organization the service whatever it is but also in the local community good to see and it's you know the wonderful thing about high visibility stuff is is that it helps so many people even if you're not openly out you can see it and you can feel you know it gives you a sort of confidence within that you might not have had otherwise and you know that's a wonderful thing and for bisexuals especially so because we can be so invisible even to each other so many people will see us will read you know, two guys together as a gay couple, a mixed gender couple as being straight and so on. And therefore, we kind of need these little symbols and these communication things that say you're not alone and you're supported because it can be quite easy, quite easy to feel isolated as a bisexual and more isolated than you actually are. You just don't realise the, the other bi people who are around you. Absolutely. There's some other things that go on in 2016 that are quite interesting as well in uh, the USA, in Columbus, Ohio. Um, there's a talk on how sexual assault and intimate partner violence specifically affects the bisexual community, which is, you know, a really important piece of work. Really exciting to see that happen. There's events in India uh, talking about reproductive and sexual health issues. They held a bi tweet on bi myths and facts, which is a really good way of reaching a really broad population you know india's a ginormous country with a ginormous population how do you reach as many people as possible and this is the point that social media is really beginning to take off it gives us an opportunity to do that absolutely absolutely and you know those conversations as well because of how social media works you can a little bit join in wherever in the world you are you know you don't have to be close to the city and available on tuesday night to be able to scroll back and look at what people said on a hashtag a few days later as well it's a really fantastic communication tool. And I believe that um, they had a similar event in Russia in yeah. the same year as well, which you know, which is a wonderful thing to have, particularly in countries where it might not be quite so easy to have those conversations sort of in your town or in your city or in your village. Absolutely. To have a space online where you can go and do that is you know, a, a wonderful freeing thing. Absolutely. And something like that as well with things like Twitter. Um, it's not like signing up for a Facebook event and people can maybe see that you've tagged yourself as going to this. You can scroll past things and take them in without people perhaps so much perceiving you as marking yourself out as bisexual in places where it's not perhaps as safe for you to be. And even, you know, in the in the rest of the world, you might be living in a very queer accepting part of the world, you know, you might be in Brighton or something. Um, but maybe your sexuality is an issue with your partner, so you don't want to talk about it so much because maybe you're dealing with biphobia at home. Um, but things like that can give you that little bit of other people who have been in similar places to you, sense of connection through stuff that you just swipe through on your phone while you're getting the bus to work or something. So those are really good ways of engaging people too. Um, What's happened since? We're getting really close to, to today now. We really are. So in two, seven, 2017, we have a whole load of new countries doing events for by Visibility Today, including Armenia, Bolivia, Finland, Guatemala, Paraguay, Portugal, South Korea, Taiwan, Turkey and Vietnam. So it's really gone global. It's everywhere. We're on, I think at that point, I remember it was on sort of like about 33 countries or something like that, which... I mean, there's still plenty more countries who can, can sign up and take part, and that would be great. 
but that sense of it not just being something that's in America and in Britain, but that is really reaching out across the world and to, to new continents as well, because in this sort of thing, you're now, if you just think of the world in that sort of way, you know, Antarctica is looking unrepresented here, um, but you've got things at least happening in Oceania, in Asia, in South Africa, across Europe, across North America, and quite a bit of places across South America as well. Which Coming truly global. And then we've got last year, 2018, Hong Kong saw its first ever social meetup for bisexuals, and Italy held a, a research presentation called We Count the Unicorns, which I think is a fantastic name. I, I want a pin badge that says Unicorn Counter. <laughs> I think we might have to make some of those. If people in podcast land, land are listening to this and want one of those, drop us an email and we'll see if we get enough interest, we might produce some and send them out to the world. If someone's good at creative design, then creating us a design for a unicorn counter badge, even better. So as you can see, it's mushroomed, it's got bigger, it's become a global event. That brings right up until today. So what's happening in 2019? How, where have we got events? What's coming up in September? We're less than a month away now. <laughs> So what's what's on the website? Because biodiversitytoday.com has has listings from all around the world. Um, what we've got, I mean, so far Australia, Belgium, Brazil, uh, Canada, Denmark, France, Hungary, Israel, Kyrgyzstan, the Netherlands, the Philippines, Sweden, Turkey, uh, the UK and the USA. Um, I'm sure Ireland belongs on that list. Maybe they haven't quite made it onto the page yet, but they... The Bi-Plus Island Network are super busy. They're definitely going to be doing things. And I'm sure some other countries, I'm pretty sure that I've seen something is coming up in South Africa as well. Um, so there's loads of stuff and it's from, from all sorts of things. So there's, there's people flying flags on buildings or just, you know, in the window in the window of the front room of your house, if you feel that's safe and might maybe reach someone who walks past in the street. There's meets in pubs and coffee shops and things like that going on around the world in the same way there are each year and talks uh, businesses one of the things that's been fascinating is watching you know bisexual events that you can't go to unless you work for the right company because they are the meeting at you know your world bank's national headquarters for bisexual staff and allies and that sort of thing but nonetheless that add to this this kind of calendar have, have there been any particular things that caught your eye the thing that caught my eye was uh, there is going to be an, the first ever national conference in the Philippines on bisexuality. It's going to have keynote speakers, breakouts, research papers. It's being held in Manila and it looks fascinating. I'd love to hear you know, what comes out of that conference. Um, also, there's going to be the first ever Bi Pride Festival in London this year, which should be a lot of fun. And I might try and get down to you myself, I think. Just a little bit before... It's kind of like it's running early. It's on September the 7th, so it's one of those early arrivals at the ball for Bucket Visibility Day. But, you know, I mean, there's that thing where some people, uh, particularly in North America, they often talk about Bi Week as opposed to Bi Visibility Day or International Celebrate Bisexuality Day. So it's a little bit more, whichever day of the week you pick, it's legitimate flexibility. Um, some people have gone from there to calling it Bi Month. I worry about that because that takes us down the root of by year <laughs> and you know i'm welsh so i have a natural way of pronouncing by year that is good and bad uh, depending on what you think of welsh accents um but but does make me sometimes wonder if, if we went to having a bisexual year you know that that dips into bisexuality is just a trend and you know three years down the line it goes oh bisexual oh that's so very three years ago do you remember when it was hashtag by year those were the days not anymore we've gotten over it it was a phase <laughs> But yeah, so tons and tons of stuff. That's brilliant. Like I say, the website, byvisibilityday.com. Uh, the trick, a lot of people will 
spell that a little bit wrong because it can be a tricky set of things to spell, particularly visibility. People often think there must be an A in there somewhere. And the way I try and remember it is it's all eyes on visibility. So it's B-I-V-I-S-I-B-I. I I shouldn't have started doing this without getting it written down on a piece of paper first, should I? Um, But it's by visibility day, all one word. And as I say, there's, there's no A's in there. It's all I's as you come along through the vowels that you're a little bit uncertain of. Um, and that's got a 2019 page that lists all the things that are going on. So check it out. Um, the event will, the website will have uh, events in your country. If you are running an event and it's not on there, drop them an email and we'll get you added. And um, Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us today. It's been great. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Do share, promote, and all those sorts of things. You know what to do. You are a podcast listener. You understand how this stuff works. Uh, And we'll be back with another Bio Liberation podcast sometime soon. Bye for now. Bye for now.